sitting in your seat. You're gone. You're absent. And it's not fair to the taxpayers who are paying a salary. And it's not fair to the ratepayers who are not getting represented fairly. Welcome to MCV Cast. I'm Aaron Murphy, Executive Director of Montana Conservation Voters. That was Valerie McMurtry, MCV's endorsed candidate for District 2 of the Montana Public Service Commission. Deputy Director Whitney Taney checks in with Valerie in a few moments. Political Director Jake Brown is also here, and so is Clara Stein with me here in Billings. That's the sound of Montana voters after hearing from MCV's endorsed candidates during the Drive Out the Vote tour across the state this week. This Tuesday is November 3rd, Election Day in America. Remember, in Montana, your ballot must be received by your county elections office by 8 o'clock that evening. That means if you haven't voted, it's too late to mail your ballot. You need to drop it off at your county elections office and don't forget to sign the envelope. And if you don't know where your elections office is, you can find it by clicking on the very first link in our show notes. You'll also find a link to your My Voter page, which tells you whether your ballot has been accepted. I'm glad my husband and I checked this because his ballot was rejected. Someone thought his signature didn't match the signature on file. It's an easy fix, but worth checking out now. And just in case you still need a reason to vote, Here's Montana's senior senator, John Tester, on what's at stake. This is the most important election in this country's history because public lands are on the ballot. Trust me, they are unequivocally on the ballot. I've worked with these folks. They say one thing. They say another thing when they're talking to different people. Okay. And of course, if you haven't voted yet, we invite you to check out MCV's endorsement page, where you'll find all candidates and issues endorsed by the MCV Action Fund. That's mtvoters.org slash endorsements. Our candidates include Governor Steve Bullock for the U.S. Senate, Kathleen Williams for the U.S. House, Lieutenant Governor Mike Cooney for Montana Governor, Rafe Graybill for Attorney General, Melissa Romano for Superintendent of Public Instruction, State Representative Shane Morgeau for Auditor, and State Senator Bryce Bennett for Secretary of State. Let's stay on Senator Bennett for a moment, Jake, because current Secretary of State Corey Stapleton is known for little more than being terrible at his job, and Senator Bennett is taking issue with that office's latest screw-up. That's right, Murph. The Helena Independent Record has reported that an issue with the Secretary of State website's filing system has caused businesses to be charged twice, or sometimes even several times, for trying to file reports or articles of incorporation with the state. The website would charge businesses twice, or sometimes not at all, which would lead to a late fee. It's notable that the Secretary of State Corey Stapleton has even bragged about the error-free website and guest opinion articles. MCV endorsed candidate Bryce Bennett immediately called out the incompetence of the office. So just a couple days ago, I stood in front of the Secretary of State's office, and I called for an independent audit to be done in the Secretary's office immediately, because we need to know what they knew when they knew it, and how long this theft has been happening. This office must preserve all of their records to ensure that investigations can proceed with all evidence at their disposal. I'm also inviting the Legislative Audit and State Administration Interim Committees to pursue full investigations into these issues and for any criminal actions to be brought to light. It's important to remember that Bennett's opponent, Christy Jacobson, is currently the Deputy Secretary of State, meaning that the fault rests with her as well as Stapleton. Many of the mistakes and scandals coming from this office can be traced back to the two. My opponent has bragged that she is already doing the job. But the job that she's apparently been doing 
turns out to be robbing small business owners. When you fail at a job, you shouldn't get a promotion. And now to news that our friends at the Montana Post broke about California businessman Troy Downing. Downing is running to be the state's next auditor and insurance commissioner. And the Montana Post's Don Pogriba reports that Downing was accused of threatening to kill his ex-wife years ago. Downing later claimed he could not afford to increase his child support payments, even though he made $25,000 per month. He tells the Billings Gazette he denies making threatening statements, but here's where we note that Downing has a problem with law and order in general. He was caught hunting with a Montana in-state license, even though he claimed to be a California resident on his taxes. Then he blamed it all on the deep state. MCV's endorsed candidate in this race one more time is State Representative Shane Morijot. In positive news, Senator John Tester announced legislation to conserve some of Montana's most iconic rivers this week. The Montana Headwaters Legacy Act would protect 365 miles of water in the Custer, Gallatin, and Helena, Lewis, and Clark National Forests. That includes parts of the popular Gallatin, Madison, and Smith Rivers. Here are a few words from Senator John Tester about the new legislation that would protect the waterways as part of the National Wild and Scenic River System. If you can hear the, the water running behind us, that's kind of what it's about. And, uh, and making sure that, that we've got a place to drop a worm in the water or, or go floating on a hot day when it's a little hotter than this out <laughs> is really important. And making sure that we got clean air and clean water to to uh, feed these streams is important. Senator Tester's new legislation has already earned the support of more than a thousand businesses and thousands of Montanans. More information about the legislation is online at healthyriversmt.org. This week, the Montana Fish and Wildlife Commission decided to advance for public comment their proposal to prohibit the use of drones and remote-controlled boats to catch fish. Specifically, the commission wants to ban drones for placing bait or lures, troll to hook and land fish, or even to search for fish to then catch the old-fashioned way. The new regulation was proposed in June with the intention for anglers to discuss the balance between fishing with new technology and preserving our waterways and fish populations. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks officers issued six citations after a troubling hunting incident in Marr County Sunday night. Apparently, a group of 100 hunters fired into a herd of elk killing 50 animals which are owned by the public. There's also evidence the hunters wounded an unknown number of other animals. The MCV Education Fund swiftly responded by reaching out to all three candidates running to become Montana's next governor. We wrote, quote, Montana's next governor must prioritize adequate and sufficient funding for FWP's law enforcement officers to maintain Montana's strict codes of traditional hunting ethics and to bring justice to violators. Simply put, we need more cops on the beat. Our Public Service Commission has voted again to force Northwestern Energy to pay a huge $14 million bill for unexpected energy costs. That's right. If you're a Northwestern Energy customer, you will have to pay even more on your energy bill because the PSC continues to rubber stamp anything that the utility asks for. What's at the core of the unexpected energy costs is the period of time in 2018 when the coal strip power plant had to be essentially shut off because it was failing to comply with federal mercury air standards. Units 3 and 4 were offline for 77 days until the pollution standards were met and actually led to a half a million dollar fine to Talon Energy, one of the owners of Units 3 and 4. 
This is an important reminder that Northwestern still intends to purchase a majority share in their remaining coal strip units. The utility issued a press release that said it would be hard to own more of coal strip if Northwestern wasn't confident commissioners would approve billing customers for replacement power whenever coal strip couldn't produce electricity. Northwestern is essentially admitting that it would be uneconomical to purchase more of coal strip unless the PSC can continue to rubber stamp its decisions guaranteeing that the utility will continue to profit off its customers. Montana's public service commissioners have found their way into all sorts of controversy this year. Three of the five seats are up for grabs this coming election day, and the MCV Action Fund has made important endorsements in all three races. For District 4 in western Montana, our pick is Monica Trinnell. For District 3 in southwest Montana, we are behind Tom Woods. And for District 2 in southeast Montana, our endorsed candidate is this week's guest. Valerie McMurtry is MCV's endorsed candidate for District 2 of the Montana Public Service Commission. That's an area that includes Billings and spans across southeast Montana. The seat is currently held by incumbent Tony O'Donnell, who's running for re-election. Valerie spent 27 years teaching physical and special education in the Billings Public Schools and retired in 2017. Now she's running as a Democrat in District 2, and she joins us from her home in Billings. Hi, Valerie. Hi, Whitney. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad to do it. So let's get right into the reason behind why you're running. You've cited infighting and dysfunction among the current commissioners in your words, arrogance and stupidity. What prompted you to throw your name into the hat? You know, I think um, when I saw what was happening on the PSC last winter uh, with exactly what you said, I mean, making headlines because they were spying on each other and the four of them ganged up on one other PSC commissioner and, you know, stealing his emails, publishing them, even personal emails. And I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. And uh, one of the commissioners calling um, Roger Koopman, who is incumbent, but termed out this year, you know, the most dangerous man in Montana. And, uh, you know, it just seemed ridiculous that these men were not doing the job that they were elected to do. And then after I made the decision to run, because no one else was stepping up to the plate to run on the Democratic ticket, then the more I learned about my opponent, the incumbent, Antonio Donnell, the more committed I was to being in this race, winning this race, because if you vote for somebody, you expect that person to represent you. I mean, that is what we do in a democracy. And in fact, four out of the five of these commissioners are not doing the job they're elected to do. Antonio O'Donnell, he, he has lots of problems. And I thought, again, the voter out there needs someone to go to Helena who truly will represent their needs, which is what the PSC does. They're there to represent ratepayers and at the same time guaranteeing the service that voters and ratepayers get from the utilities. And that has not happened, uh, certainly not in the three and a half years Tony O'Donnell has been on the commission, and I hope to change that. And I hope by by replacing Tony, I can bring some honesty and integrity to the commission. We hope so. So you say that you've never aspired to enter politics, but you were moved to act based on the current PSC and what they're doing. So let's talk more about what exactly made you want to jump in and why. Well, again, the infighting, and it was in February, I believe February 22nd, that the headlines were PSC fighting exposed. Headline news of the Billings Gazette, and I think throughout the state, um, because these commissioners are from around the state. So, and this was headline news, and 
I mean, it was ridiculous that elected officials were doing this and not doing the job that they were supposed to do. That was February 22nd. And, you know, the more I thought about it and, and I really came down to, because I was very unsure whether I wanted to do this, never having run for office. And I finally asked myself the question, how will I feel if I don't run? And the answer that I, I came up with was, I will be disappointed if I don't run that um, the worst thing that can happen is I would lose. And the best thing that would happen would be I would be elected and actually be able to represent voters, Montanans, who need somebody on the commission to represent them. We, who are customers of Northwestern Energy, pay the second highest electrical rates in the Northwest, PG&E in um, Washington. Their rates are higher than ours, and that's it. And I just think people nowadays with losing jobs, unemployment, fear of COVID, have, are struggling to put food on the table, pay their rent, and buy medic needed medicines. And now to add to that, paying their electrical bill, um, I think is, is certainly unfair to the people that elect these commissioners. Well, thank you for jumping in. We really appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit more about the incumbent commissioner in District 2, Tony O'Donnell. You've taken him to task over all sorts of issues. Uh, what do you want voters to know about him, and what do you think is most important in your mind? You know, there's three three issues with the current commissioner. Certainly his attendance, and one of the things that people ask me, what would I do differently? And I always say, I will show up. In 2017, he had a 80% attendance rate. In 2018, he had a 64% attendance rate. And then in 2019, he had a 55% attendance rate. And he had surgery in December of that year, so I did not count December. That's in 11 months of 2019, he had a 55% attendance rate. This is the third highest paid public position in Montana. And... You know, I make an analogy that when I was a classroom teacher, um, if I wasn't in the classroom, they had to hire a sub and I had to write lesson plans. And even if the district, it was one of my allowed days that I could take off, I was still absent. And Tony seems to think if it's excused, he can count that as being there. And that's not true. If you're not there in the office, if you're not sitting in your seat, you're gone, you're absent. And it's not fair to the taxpayers who are paying his salary. And it's not fair to the ratepayers who are not getting represented fairly. Um, so that's certainly the number one issue is his attendance. Number two is the three ethics violations. He, two years ago, when he was already an incumbent, he made an illegal loan of $3,000 to a local billings legislator who was running for office. Jeff Mangan of the political practices determined that that was illegal. The, the maximum a person can give to a candidate is $180. And Tony made a $3,000 loan. He said, well, it's just a loan. I mean, he doesn't even know the law. And Jeff Mangan made the legislator who got the loan pay it back to Tony. And then he had two ethics violations this year, campaign ethics violations. It's like everything I do, I talk to my treasurer to ask if it's, if I'm, if it's legal and if I can do this. And I've called the uh, commission office on political practices to check with them on things that I didn't, weren't clear to me. So that's the other thing. It's like, if you're going to run for office, for heaven's sakes, know what the law is about governing campaigning and candidate restrictions or the rules on running. 
so that's the other thing. There's three ethics violations. One was for the loan. One was for filming a campaign commercial in his office, which is totally against the law. And he tried to justify that by saying, well, I didn't take any pencils or paper. I didn't use anything from the office. And the other one was not declaring some financial contribution. And then the last thing is his voting record that he rubber stamps Northwestern Energy. And when he talks about on TV, oh, I've saved the ratepayer $85 million. Well, they still got a $23 million price rate increase two years ago, and they had another $6 million rate increase. So they might not have gotten the $85 million one, but they still got close to $30 million in rate increases. And in 2019, our rates, average rate increase was $37 per household. So, you know, I think Tony is not being honest. He's not being honest in his ads. Um, I have the statistics to show his attendance. And he actually sent me a letter about a month ago saying, please stop saying um, that I have a poor attendance. And he tried to justify it. And I sent him a letter back saying, uh, I stand by my numbers. I mean, I would show anybody these numbers and it would come up the same. 55% attendance in 2019. That is so wrong. You are cheating the taxpayer. So you offer a total contrast. How will your 27 years teaching in public schools help you wrangle the PSC and help focus (laughs) the work of the commission around what you call pocketbook issues? Well, I think, first of all, I will show up. I will be there. I will consult with certainly the staff, which everyone says is an amazing staff. They have, you know, attorneys on staff. They have uh, scientists. They have... Uh, people that are studying the issues, economists, and people who study the issues that come before them. So when there's a docket before the commission, these this staff of 25 have studied the issues. They give recommendations to the to the commissioners, and oftentimes these commissioners disregard those recommendations, especially when it comes to like rate increases for Northwestern Energy or pre-approval of the purchase that Northwestern Energy wants to make on Colstrip Unit Four. So I will show up. I will consult with my staff when someone wants a rate increase, whether it's Northwestern Energy or a transportation line, or if it's about water treatment, I will ask questions. I will ask for justification for the rate increase. I'm not going to rubber stamp it. And as far as what I bring to it, I, I have a good work ethic that I've developed over a lifetime of teaching, being in education. I have integrity, honesty, and for the voter and the ratepayer, transparency. They need to know what's going on. This is a public office. It's a public. Taxpayers pay their salary. It needs to be transparent so anybody can see the schedule, what they're doing, where they're meeting. I think those things need to be posted. And I think if there's any misbehavior, I think that needs to be revealed. Again, the commissioners tried to cover up their bad behavior by uh, suing three media outlets who wanted to look at records of this infighting they had last winter. And in September, a judge ruled against them because it's public service commission, not private service commission. So those documents were all public. And it's also not called the corporate service commission. It is the public service commission. The public elects you. They're the ones that get served. And I think if you're not doing that, you know, you are cheating the, the voter, the ratepayer. That's great. So what have you learned on the campaign trail? What's been your biggest challenge and what's been the most fun? Well, of course, COVID has been a challenge um, and never having done this before and finding out uh, that I have 10 counties to cover that is is a challenge to begin with. 
And initially, when I would talk to my friends who are legislators, Mary McNally, Margie McDonald, um, the answer was, you know, I just have a precinct or I just have a house district to run in. I don't have 10 counties to run in. So it was um, it was a learning curve for me all the way around. And what I started doing is because we were uh, quarantined last spring is I started one at a time calling my different counties. I think I started with Carter County and Fallon, Carter, Fallon, Prairie, Treasure County, the smaller counties. And I called probably anywhere from 50 to 150 people in each county and just introduced myself. And so that was challenging. It was certainly fun. Um, there were people in every county that when I introduced myself and said, I'm Valerie McMurtry, I'm running for the Public Service Commission. Occasionally, I would get someone saying, thank you. Nobody ever calls us in Prairie County or no one. We never hear from anybody in Treasure County. So thank you for calling us. I also have learned that the public service commissioners, when they do run for office, usually focus on Yellowstone County because that's the biggest piece of the pie. And I think that's wrong. You know, maybe it's because I'm naive, but I feel like if I'm asking for your vote, I personally have an obligation and feel committed to trying to talk to people in every county and either on the phone or getting out there to visit them. So any final words as we round out this election season? Well, I hope if people compare the two of us and and they look at um, where I've been and what I have done in my life, that that will be a sharp contrast to Tony O'Donnell, that, um, again, I have a good work ethic. I have the integrity, honesty uh, to bring transparency and, and accountability to the PSC. Um, when you ask what has been the fun part, well, because I'm a political junkie to begin with, it has been very enjoyable to talk to people, to get out when I could, um, and, and to, you know, I mean, I feel like it's an honor to ask for people to vote for me, and I hope to serve the people that vote for me when I'm elected and to serve with, with dignity. And that has been that has been a good thing. I think there's huge issues facing our state as far as energy, um, Coal Strip Unit 4, being a big question right now with, with um, Puget Sound not wanting to sell their 25% um, and the future of coal, the future of renewables is something that uh, I think those issues have to be faced and confronted and find some solution and resolution of integrating all forms of energy for our children and our grandchildren. And um, again, I just, I hope the people who, when they make it compare the two of us, that it's an easy choice to vote for me. And I hope that's that's how it turns out next Tuesday. Valerie McNortry is MCV's endorsed candidate for the Montana Public Service Commission District 2. Valerie, thanks so much for joining us today on MCV Cast. Well, thank you, Whitney. It's been an honor. The views of our guests here on MCV Cast do not necessarily reflect the views of MCV, its staff, or its board of directors. In our show notes, there's a link to Valerie McMurtry's campaign website, as well as a link to a recent column she wrote about her race for PSE District 2. And once again, if you haven't yet cast your ballot in Montana, we invite you to check out our list of candidates endorsed by the MCV Action Fund. Valerie is one of many folks who we think deserves your vote. Check them all out again at mtvoters.org endorsements. And get involved. Now is the time to volunteer if you haven't been doing so already. If you'd like to get plugged in, reach out to the campaign that you care about the most and ask them how you can help. I can guarantee you that they will have something for you to do. 
There was a new development in the controversial Keystone XL pipeline project this week. Canada's TC Energy awarded more than $1.6 billion to six U.S. companies contracted to complete the zombie pipeline. One of those companies is Barnard Pipeline, based out of Bozeman. The six contractors will be directly responsible for hiring thousands of workers in 2021. Despite years and years of legal setbacks and a worldwide pandemic, TC Energy has tried to fast-track this harmful project since the spring. Thanks, Clara Stein. That does it for this week on MCV Cast. Remember to deliver your ballots by 8 p.m. on Tuesday. We at MCV are spending all our time making sure that happens, so there will be no episode of MCV Cast next week. But we'll be back on November 13th with former Missoulian editor Gwen Florio as our guest. Don't miss our conversation with her about the state of community journalism. I am here because I love skiing and it's snowy out. It dumped like a foot in Bozeman last night. That means like six feet up in the mountains. It's just going to be freaking steep and deep. And we are going to go get pitted on some high altitude swells today. We'll leave you today with this dose of enthusiasm from Jack Fike of Bozeman. KBZK caught up with Jack on Sunday, enjoying the preseason snow at the Bridger Bowl ski area. Enjoy the outdoors, get out the boat, and we'll be back in two weeks. It gets me freaking amped. Everybody out here is just so stoked. I live for the freaking tailgating scene out here. I love it. I love getting people stoked. And that's why I come here and park as close to everybody else as I can so that I can get them stoked, play some good music, you know? We got 38 Special going right now, holding on loosely all day.